0: FM to get started.
1: Coulter's holding Asriel captive. There's a new king in the north, and Lyra's got the bear. Stay tuned as we discuss this week's His Dark Materials. I'm Maria Menudos, and you're tuned in to After buzz TV, the ESPN of TV Talk. Now, the buzz. Hey, everybody, I'm Rachel Goodman, and we're here with another week of His Dark Materials Season 1 episode 4. Yes, we are. And I'm here with Hallie. What's up, guys? So (laughs) before we dive in, Hallie, overall thoughts this week on the episode?
0: I was very happy. Yeah, I was very, very happy. I'm so glad that I didn't make any predictions. Because I mean, this show feels so unpredictable to me. I'm I'm actually at first I was really kind of hard on myself that I didn't read the book, but now I'm glad that I didn't. Um, I feel sorry for you because (laughs) you know what to expect, (laughs) majority of it. But I'm so so happy that I predicted nothing because this show is really taking a life of its own. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I almost wish I hadn't read the books because.
1: While the show is taking a life on its own, and there are things that just, you just can't completely adapt a book into a mo- or into a TV show or a movie right. ever, it's just, it's impossible to get it verbatim. There's so many details. It, yeah, but it's hard for me to make predictions based upon what I know is going to happen and the fact that the show has been pretty faithful, so I'm in the opposite camp really? right now where I'm like, okay, can't really predict you know this what? because I kind of know, but it's still interesting the way that it's playing out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the execution you, is different. I think I'll stick to the predictions a little bit yeah, then. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. All right. All right. I'll do. I'll do my absolute best. I'm just. I'm struggling here. <laughs> I'm struggling because usually when I like something, I don't want to try and control it. I'm just gonna just yeah. let it be. Yeah. Just let
1: it be. Well, speaking of letting it be, we have a lot of comments that are definitely talking about how they want to let it be mm. um, with the show. Uh, we have between episodes one and two of the footage that we. Did and three, um, we have Sarah Grice. I'm just a bit worried this isn't getting as many viewers as the other after shows. For what it's worth, I really hope you keep doing the series. As a fan of the books, it's interesting to see someone who hasn't even seen the movie. So
0: wow, um, yeah,
1: and we are getting a lot of viewers on the shows, so I'm very happy with that. And yeah. to see all the comments, um, Jay Montefalcon says, "So glad you all are doing an after show for His Dark Materials. I have no prior knowledge of this show." At all, so I love the conversation about it. I'm very into the show so far. Keep up the good work. Uh, we also have Richard Hall telling us it's a BBC production. HBO is the money and US distribution rights. Yeah, and I think we had kind of talked about that yeah. on the first episode. Um, we also have our stand. I'm pretty sure it took Lyra longer to learn the. A- a lithiometer. Yeah. I think she did not learn to actually read it before the um, Egyptians and making the prediction about a certain character. Okay. Yeah. That definitely makes sense. And then mm-hmm. we have one more comment here. And this comment actually got a reply. So this is like, we're, we have oh, cool. a lot. We have like a whole conversation going on here. Um, so Danielle S. says, the Egyptian scenes have not really captured my interest yet. I Whoa. find it hard to relate <laughs> to any of them. Maybe I just need to give their story some time to develop, with the exception of. Of Mama Costa, the reply to this was from Bob Dobbs, saying, "I relate to the Egyptians, but I'm poor and have achieved class consciousness." Oh, <laughs> I especially those fighting words.
0: Let's go. So, okay, ah. so Bob, I'm with you there.
1: I definitely relate to the Egyptians and their struggle, and I relate to Lyra too. So Wait. I, I, I am not finding an issue relating to them in terms of the connection. This so, is
0: great. I just absolutely love that. All the fans are getting so involved. So on behalf of all of us here, want to send you some love. Yes. Thank you. Thank you guys so yeah. much. I only read...
1: A couple of the comments. There are there is a ton. So (laughs) if you want to join in on the conversation, definitely either go back and look at those comments, or I'm sure there's gonna be comments on this episode too. We're also watching the live chat. So if anyone wants to comment live, we're here. I've got it open. I will read your comments. Yes. Um, okay, let's dive in because we have a lot to talk about this episode. I'm into it. Um, yeah. So we start where we have a couple of different we have Lyra and then we are introduced to Lee for the first time on the show. They're all arriving in Trollesund. What did you make of Lee when we were introduced to him?
0: Okay, I love Lee. He reminded me of, like, some old Western American cowboy. He's just very, like, he's very spitfire. He knows what he wants. He adds some comedic relief, which I'm really thankful because the show has just been a little bit too serious for me. And it's, it's understandable. You know, there's a war going on. Kids are being kidnapped, and there's bears, there's witches. But he comes in, and he's like, can we just tell a joke?
1: Well, you know what <laughs> I find interesting? Okay, so first of all, Lynn manuel Miranda... As a Western cowboy, like, flying into the scene and singing. Exactly. I have more to exactly. say about this at when we get to our segment from page to screen. Speaking of which, please stay tuned to the end. We've got a couple of segments. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, Lin-Manuel Miranda. I thought that was hilarious. My favorite scenes were with him and everything. And you could just tell. Like, I feel like he brought, like, I know, you know obviously, he was on Hamilton. But he was also on, Mar- yeah. on the um, sequel that they did for Mary Poppins. Really? Um, um yes. I
0: I didn't take a chance to
1: to look at it but I heard it was really good. It was very good, yeah. but I feel like the reason I'm mentioning this is because when as soon as we had him as Lee, I feel like he brought the Disney to his dark materials even though it's not disney but i feel like suddenly disney's here and it became a very joyous like i couldn't i couldn't take anything i very much enjoyed watching it but i felt like there was a certain level of cheer that his character the whole
0: episode felt cheerful to me yeah like even through all of the darkness i was going on pun intended yeah exactly <laughs> speaking of you guys notice we actually decided to wear our dark materials uh, yes. and we're going to continue to wear our dark black jackets for every episode because we are fans it is a thing mm. if you would like
1: to join us at it's home a thing. um we have a couple comments too in the chat Princess Scarlet 2 says, As someone who hasn't read the books yet, I really love the series so far. I'm excited to see more. And then No Eyes Bunny says, The CG is great for the show. Lin did make this episode great. He definitely did. So let's dive in a little bit more um, with Mm -hmm. Lin. Um, Okay, so we got that his his quest was that he owed... um, We get that his name is Yorick the bear, the polar bear. Um, So we get that his whole quest is that he owes Yorick a favor and so he's here to basically come and grab him and not grab him in a bad way but just basically take him out of his situation
0: right I honestly I was a little bit skeptical about that why Lee would travel so far to find Yorick I at first I thought maybe he had ill intentions of some way to use Yorick I don't know I mean the jury is still out even though I like his character he's really funny gives a lot of comedic relief to us it's like who travels on their balloon halfway across the world or wherever he's at just to go free a quote-unquote friend he owes a favor. I mean, is it is it a mark of honor and humility or is he after something from York? I don't know because, I mean, he put himself in danger just to be there, but at the same time, maybe he just wanted to do it for fun because he seemed like the type of character that's just like, oh, I'm just gonna stir up trouble just because I can. And it's hilarious too
1: because his his um, demon is Hester, the rabbit. Hester, great name for somebody who wants to stir up trouble. Right, and yeah. it,
0: ironically so, Hester is, seems like to be the voice of reason.
1: And Hester's as hilarious as Lee is. Yeah. Uh, my favorite part of this whole like beginning uh, you know, portion of the episode is where Lee goes into the bar and he just straight up says hey i'm looking for a bear which starts a fight right, and then we the got... chase
0: my kind of man by the way
1: <laughs> and <laughs> then hester's
0: like go for the jugular get him there kick him there yes no what are you doing i was like hester <laughs> yeah shit, i'm i i felt like okay How in the world is he meant to win this fight (laughs) if the whole time his moves are being narrated out loud? Yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: (laughs) Um now, all right, so we have got we've got Lee, we had this hilarious introduction. Meanwhile we've got Lyra. And we see her go with Farda Karam and mm-hmm. they go to see Dr. Lanzelis. Right. And they are they're searching for a witch known as Serafina. Mm-hmm. Um, what I found most interesting is the way that um we know, like we were talking about this last week, about how it remember we were speaking about how we didn't know why Lyra would trust Karam so easily well I feel like this week he repaid that in the sense that he opened up to Lyra and told her who Serafina was to him and we we learned this beautiful backstory about Mm -hmm. how this was a woman who he did fall in love with and even though she was a witch and um it was pretty
0: tragic what happened to their son right um sorry I'm gonna disagree again (laughs) that's okay and, and the reason and the reason being is this he shared a personal story about a love affair what do you have to lose from that? But Lyra <laughs> is supposedly the chosen one, in which he did talk about on the side, behind her back, once again, yeah. talking about how she's a part of the prophecy. And And if this is true, if he really has her best interest in heart... Why doesn't he tell her that? Why doesn't he have the conversation with him? But he's constantly talking behind her back. I don't know. Something inside me is telling me he he may have some ulterior motives as well. The only I completely see where you're coming from, and I, I agree with you there. My <laughs> only
1: thought to this is that Fa is like a brother to him, and he's Fa is his king. And so he—it's almost like your confidant. And so he, of course, would go to Fa about Lyra, and because he—I feel like Karam trusts Fa the way that he trusts himself, right? And that he would go to him and tell him what's going on and be open with him. Mm-hmm. I do see your point,
0: though. It's—it's yeah, it's yeah, kind I mean,
1: of—it's kind of weird that he would that Karam would go and
0: speak about Lyra behind her back. He's without constantly mentioning, doing that. Yeah, I don't mind that Karam is going to to Fa to talk about Lyra but can you talk about Lyra to Lyra first yeah something just seems really off-putting about it especially since everyone is is kind of like up in the air far as their loyalty is concerned except you know gypsies they're all on the same team but everyone is kind of just picking a side that works for them yeah. and I just I can't tell and if I'm right I want a cookie.
1: <laughs> well, then we will bring you a cookie. Please. Vegan,
0: please. <laughs> vegan cookie.
1: Absolutely. Gluten free, I'm bougie. Um, okay, so <laughs> we had this whole thing with Lanzalis. I didn't trust, speaking of trust, I did not trust Lanzalis at all. Um, really? And Karam brought that up later. It was kind of, and Lyra brought it up too, that there's something kind of off about him. But with Lanzalis, um, we ended up, so we ended up, he basically tested Lyra and. We, Lyra had pulled out the alethiometer in the town when she probably shouldn't have. Mm. He, Lanzlis knew about it and ended up using it to test Lyra and basically said, "Well, if you want the, they called it cloud pine. Um, if you want, um, if you want to be able to access Serafina, find the cloud pine, use the alethiometer to find it." I, I thought that Lanslesse was tricking her. I thought that he was going to. Um, She may have been correct, but I thought that he was going to somehow trick her by, you know, making it so that this wasn't the right way to find Serafina, even if it was something connected to her.
0: Yeah, I felt like he was using her too, Um, but his was really obvious. Like, he doesn't seem like he has any hidden motives, because his his sinister self seems to be really, really obvious for all of us. So... I didn't mind him. They even had the ominous music when he was showing up on screen. So we kind of knew what to expect there. I don't think any of them really trust him. But that whole scene was really interesting how Lyra chose to go forth with it anyways. It seems like she's using her intuition really really well and really correctly. Yeah, Especially since she she said a quote afterwards. um, I'm going to see if I can get this right. She said um, in a conversation... That she would rather trust because there's less damages. Yeah. And that was so interesting to me. At that moment, my heart went, oh, my hero. I take back what I said about you the last episode when I said <laughs> stop trusting people. You know, yeah. it's 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 so true, though, because if you go throughout life not trusting, then you end up not really getting that far. So, I mean, maybe we can all take some notes from Lyra. That was, that was pretty great. Yeah. And she I went think- clutch on that.
1: And I think, uh, like, kind of going off of that, too, I think the whole thing with her is that because she trusts herself, mm. that's part of the reason why she can yeah. use the lithiometer because you have to go to a place that some, most adults cannot go to, most people can't go to, regardless you of You know age.
0: what, Rachel? Give me a high five,
1: please. <laughs> I will. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so then that's, I think that's maybe one of the themes throughout, not just the show, but the book, too, is that... Your truth comes from that openness with yourself mm-hmm. and your openness to the universe around you.
0: You're gonna make me cry. The <laughs> no, I'm for serious. So, we'll bring some next stuff. time. Thank you. Uh-huh. Yeah,
1: but all right. So we get all of that. Um, I I was very curious about that with La- uh, with Lanceless, but it turns out they did make the right choice trusting him because eventually um, Serafina's demon showed up right. and spoke with Faun Kram. Um, and it was just, uh, that was a very intriguing moment for me because I loved um, listening to, um, by proxy, even though, so Serafina obviously was not there. Um, but we learned mm-hmm. that a witch can separate from her demon, which kind of sounds like
0: oh, Coulter Oh, That's what I was just thinking! You let it so, click in my brain just now! But what I found... Is Coulter a witch? Is Coulter a witch? I will, uh, oh, I, I'm not saying anything... So, um,
1: but with with Seraphina's <laughs> demon.
0: Culture's a witch! This is all making sense to me now. I feel like it just had a <laughs> mind explosion. Yo, this show is just unpredictable. You know what? I just, I give up. I give up. So, give up.
1: Okay. skipping ahead to um, the, okay. de- the the scene with the demon, with her, her demon.
0: Wait a minute. I'm so sorry. I just had another sure. epiphany I want to share. Sure, go ahead. So, if... Coulter is possibly a witch because she can separate from her demon that means Lyra is part witch as well which is why she's so special in the prophecy and why Serafina knew about her in the prophecy. Am I connecting dots here?
1: So I'm going to separate myself from the book and tell you as a viewer what I might have guessed from Mm -hmm. seeing the sequence that even if so there's this whole show and the book, but the uh, just as a viewer standpoint, okay, the okay, whole okay. show is bringing in a lot of religious aspects to it. It's mm. like that argument of religion versus science. So what I would in this, I don't, I'll say it even though it's kind of predictiony.
0: Okay.
1: Um, what I would gather is that it's this idea of okay, well, maybe you don't have to be a witch to be able to separate yourself. From your demon, maybe there is more science behind it, um, but mm. that is coming from a viewer. I'm not giving away any spoilers by saying that uh, for anyone who has, you know, not read the books. Uh, but Good that would point. be if I was just a viewer, only that would be what I would have brought to the table in terms of my thoughts.
0: Yo, these streets is wild.
1: (laughs) So, um, what I will say, though, is um, what I loved about the exchange is that we got Serafina by proxy in the form of her demon and we got to see when I watched Karam speaking with the demon, with Mm -hmm. her demon, I felt his pain and I felt the emotions coming through Serafina even though she wasn't physically present.
0: Right. And Her demon was quite stoic in a way and just very matter of fact and I mean from my own experience you only tend to be that way if there is some hidden emotion there if you're trying to hold back especially when he asked the demon where is she and Mm he sharply interrupted but you know kindly and respectfully but he sharply interrupted and he was like no 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 no. we're not we're not talking about that and just kept going on and I went yeah shit
1: And the end where he told Karam, Serafina will support you no matter which way the wind blows you. I thought that was a very wonderfully Where's written line. Did we,
0: did we figure that out yet? Yeah, I'm going to cry.
1: I love love. We need, we need tissues for next time. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we get all of that kind of going on in the background. Right. And they the Egyptians basically decide that they're going to leave without the bear because we find out that
0: Yorick is in a very bad place. Poor Yorick. drunk Yeah. And it's not even his fault. Yeah. But at the same time... I mean, doesn't really matter that he got drunk. Can't they just use him anyways or well, not? Yeah. Use him, use him, but can't they align him anyways? I mean, don't you guys believe in second chances? Come on, Exactly. Out. I agree with you.
1: I don't see what the reasoning was to right. just kinda say,
0: alright, goodbye. We've it's, got we have got the help of the witches. We're, right. we're good. It's not like he went rogue and was destroying people and whatnot. I mean, if he was intoxicated, give give the bear a chance. Give him a pass. Just saying.
1: Yeah. So we get, we're, we kind of have, like, a lot of moving pieces here, but eventually we get to Lee and Lyra actually meeting each other. Right. And they both discover, because Lyra doesn't want to leave without Yurik.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: she feels kind of, I feel like she feels bad for him, number one, even before she discovers the truth. But um, on top of that, she yeah, she just doesn't want to leave with him. So eventually... Um, I just thought that it just was a testament to her and her, the, just everything, like, not just trust, but her loyalty to people and her loyalty to the cause that she would decide that she's not going to leave without Yorick.
0: Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because there was a quote that that stood out to me that Dr. Lancelis said when he was talking directly to Lyra, he said, You have heart, but you're weak, and the magisterium has muscle. Yeah. That stood out to me. And I think it
1: stood out to her, too, and she understood. So she's very, Lyra's very pragmatic. Um, Mm -hmm. She knows what is going, she knows what she needs to do. But I think on top of that, she also recognizes a soul. Like she said later, that Yorick was practically Egyptian. But I also think that on top of all of this, Lyra is starting to develop like a cunning nature.
0: Yeah, she's Um, learning how to say certain things to get her way. And I'm not mad at her. At least she has good intentions as far as we can see. I want to be her when I grow up, frankly. Yeah, and I feel like Lee's similar to her. And that's kind of that's why I feel like they've bonded so quickly. Yeah, because actually, he's kind
1: of cunning too. Not, yeah, th- not necessarily in a bad way. Like I like feel like Robin
0: Hood's. They're both kind of like Robin Hoods. Yeah,
1: and like being cunning in a way that is good for the overall. That is that is good for people in general because right. you're using that that manipulation in a way. Not quite manipulation. That's a little bit harsh, but you're using that. I mean,
0: it is what it is. Yeah, it's a form of manipulation. Yeah, it is.
1: But you're using it for the greater good. So it's it's okay. to gain. We'll, we'll let it pass. Yeah, um, but I just want to mention Sisselman because mm. we're going to mention him later in the news too. Um, but Sisselman and the exchange with Lee, we we get a lot from Sisselman. Surprisingly, yeah,
0: yeah. I at first I thought uh, he's just. I thought he was just a, a random character that he just ran into as soon as he got there, and then I went, oh, he has a position of power here, and then I went, oh, wait a minute. Maybe he does want to kind of try and be good. Yeah. But then he seemed like he wasn't. It was so confusing. It was as if he was controlled by the Magisterium. And, and then at the same time, he still had a conscious, um, maybe, I, but it was interesting when, when Lee said, said to him, there's no price for you. You can't be bought. And I think he's wrong. And- I think there is a price. And I think the Magisterium is the one that is countering that price, and it's bigger than Lee's, and that's why he's not following through. Because his consciousness, you saw it kick in a little bit when he pulled out the gun and he told Lee to watch his back. And it didn't seem like he was saying it in a way of, I'm going to hurt you, of seriously, take care of yourself. There's a lot of danger out here. And
1: I think what the Magisterium has over the price that Lee was offering Mm -hmm. is, is Sisselman's life. Probably. Um, and I think that's really what it boils down to. It's no yeah. longer, it doesn't always have to be about money per se. Yeah, murder or, is a great motivation. Or, yeah, exactly. And I think that that's why when we get closer to the end where we see that, you know, obviously York Lyra finds out where his armor is, which we, which, you know, Lee basically explains to Lyra, he needs this armor. It's like part of his soul. Yeah, um, that made
0: sense. And he said that it's like, it's like the demon, essentially.
1: yeah. yeah. And
0: that essentially,
1: yeah, and then so Yorick goes and grabs it, and we see that he does, he is saying, hey, anybody in my way, I'm going to kill them. And Sisselman happens to be in his way. Mm-hmm. But Lyra and Lee both stop Yorick from killing him, because from killing Sisselman, because they mm-hmm. recognize that he's not a bad person and that you can, um, you know, I'm also doing the um, man in the high castle After Show as well, and one of the big themes is people doing things that they wouldn't ordinarily do because of the climate that they're in. Mm
0: -hmm. And so
1: I feel like that's what Lyra and Lee both recognize. Even Lyra at her young age recognizes that a man like Sisselman Would only be acting the way that he is because he's put in a position where he needs to react in that way to survive.
0: They've got him. Yeah,
1: exactly. So I feel like they are excusing that because he. We didn't see him. We didn't see Sisselman do anything, especially bad, um, other than just telling Lee to watch his back and you know not being super you know helpful with help you know with with But yeah, um, and it makes
0: me wonder too. The whole town seemed to be cowardness by the way but it just they all seem to be controlled by the magisterium and it makes me wonder what do they have over them what do they know about what's going on because they don't have children in the streets yeah that was very bluntly mentioned so what is the magisterium doing so that's a great time
1: to talk about Coulter and the Magisterium because we, we had a little bit uh, with her and uh, but before we do I just want to give a huge shout out to everybody who's in the chat and thank you guys for commenting and, and really just discussing the show with us um, and just while we're at it I also wanted to thank you guys for helping AfterBuzz be the ESPN of TV Talk and I just want to let you know that everything you do does support us and really helps us continue to grow and just continue to be here and, and provide the content that you guys need love yep. um so anything you do from liking if you are watching on youtube to giving us five stars on itunes anything under five stars doesn't work um five stars please yes that'll be five um, anything or like even just going and subscribing to um any of our channels we've got drama we've got sci-fi we've got reality tv anything that you watch we cover it so thank you guys again for being part of after buzz tv and for helping us continue to do what we love yeah. let's talk about Coulter. <laughs> we had some good, uh, we had some very interesting moments with her. So one, we find out about um, that she is as real
0: captive. Um, so she said at first, uh, you know. Right. Yeah. That woman, I swear, she is so manipulative and so cunning. She was starting to get on my nerves a little bit because I was thinking to myself, wait a minute if you captured Asriel, then why haven't we seen any proof of that happening? And just everything up
1: her sleeve with going and, one, um, writing the letter to Yofor, and we meet him at the end, Mm -hmm. seeing that there was this whole setup where they kicked Yorick out of being king of the north for Yofor, but in exchange, Yofor grabbed Asriel, and now even with that um coulter's being super sketchy and manipulative and she's
0: pulling all the strings yeah
1: she's working everybody in different angles and it's just seeing her kind of slide into that it's no wonder like i almost think she should have the snake as her demon i'm surprised Hmm. but yeah uh we will we'll touch a little bit more about this in predictions because i feel like you might have a lot to say right um let's jump to our segments with the time that we have left we're gonna start with from page to screen Okay, so, um, page to screen, so if you haven't, if you don't want any spoilers, this really doesn't get spoilery exactly, um, but the main thing is that we we see Lee introduced in a much different way on the show than he was in the books. Um, okay, I'm just gonna say that this is Lynn manuel Miranda, though. <laughs> Lee is much more sing-songy in the television show, but it's Lin-Manuel Miranda, so I feel like they kind of had to have him singing for the introduction.
0: Yeah, I think it's wonderful.
1: Um, Also, everything that they have with the opening scene with the bar, um, it was taken from a short story that Philip Pullman did called Once Upon a Time in the North – um, uh, which is actually set years before, where we learn more about Lee's gambling and his wow. card game card game playing. So it, it just the way that they executed his backstory didn't quite happen in um the Golden Compass, the way that they showed it in the show.
0: Wow, they're really dropping some gems in here.
1: um also, uh there was uh with mrs coulter everything with lord Azrael. so with revealing that she had him held captive mm-hmm. that actually did not happen until much later in the book where she revealed this information really so we're learning i feel like with her because this is a television show and there's a wider scope mm-hmm. in terms of point of view i feel like we're getting things earlier than we would have because this yeah. is from lyra's well really
0: also keep in mind when you read a book, it, it's a longer experience. Yeah. So when you're adapting it to on screen, it it kind of you want to condense it a little bit more and kind of get to the point. Exactly. So I don't mind that they actually are doing that. I think it's wonderful. I I appreciate it. Let's let's go. Yeah,
1: and sometimes it. I think the the nice thing about a television show is not that not it's not the point isn't so much that you're going to sh- recreate everything in the book. Mm. It's that you now have the opportunity to dig deeper in a way with other characters that we might not have gotten to spend so much time with in the books. right? Um, Especially when you know you're not writing most books are only written from well I mean you could write books in multiple point of views but a lot of times they follow maybe one or two characters predominantly depending Mm -hmm. on the book of course and the genre. But um, I do feel like we're getting certain things like nuggets like you said that we didn't get to quite see in the books. Alright, um, well that's what I have for From Page to Screen. Let's go and talk about our news.
0: Yes, Alright, you So... My Harry Potter fans out there, in case you were feeling just a little nostalgic missing some Harry Potter, it looks like his dark materials has got you <laughs> covered. <laughs> Dudley! <Dad! laughs> Look, in this episode, we're introduced to talks of witches, and are you ready for this one? We've got, I spy with my little eye, a Harry Potter character, Dudley dursley or in his dark materials we know him as sisselman that is right actor harry melling made a cameo appearance as once again a not so favorable character but fans are saying quote sisselman is bloody dudley dursley (laughs) dudley is showing up in his dark materials and it is wild I actually was really impressed by that, too. I love how they're starting to marry these worlds. Yeah. And speaking of characters, I... You know what, fans and watchers? We have been raving so much about Mrs. Coulter and that's right, the villains are just stealing the show right now. <laughs> and we got in the spotlight, right? Always? I mean, not always. Sometimes it's, <laughs> it's, we want to talk about our protagonists. Yeah. But the villains are doing so good right now. And you know what? In an article that was recently posted by Refinery29.com, they discussed Miss Coulter's character in His Dark Materials is the best TV villain we have seen all year. Ooh, Ooh. that is setting the bar pretty high, I must say. Uh, And you know what? I'm actually impressed. The actor Ruth Wilson plays a powerful and sinister delivery of the infamous Miss Coulter. But hey, uh, don't let me speak for you. Fans, why don't you tell us in the comments? What do you think? Yeah. Do you think she's doing a great job? Do you think this is the best villain we've seen all year? Let us know. And if she isn't, in your opinion, the best
1: villain, who is the best villain? Mm. I would love to hear your comments. Um, we actually have another comment live in the chat. Uh, no Eyes Bunny says, I love this show. I'm learning more from this show than I did from the movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the movie, I feel like there's a, they're exploring a lot more with this. And right. having a television show, you absolutely get more time with the characters. Real talk. Uh, no Eyes Bunny also says, oh, religion versus science. I had a friend that said his church protested the movie. Um, and that kind of goes more with the news a little bit, too. Mm. Um, there was an article, uh, I'm just going to briefly mention it, that said that there were some people, um, some religious groups protesting the television show. Well,
0: that's to be expected. I mean, the same thing happened with Harry Potter, Chron- because of Narnia anytime you introduce that type of of material into the world there's always going to be a group of people that don't agree and you know what that's okay because we have contrast yeah yeah we we want to be able to people to be free to share their opinions and their thoughts it's how we grow as a society absolutely yeah yeah very well said <laughs> <All right. laughs> I think that now is a great time for our predictions.
1: Your after buzz TV
0: predictions. Okay, okay. So obviously I'm going to go first. Yeah. Are you allowed to speak predictions <sighs> today?
1: I'm, I'm going to try. I always, because my problem is, I know what's going to happen, and unless they drastically I change roll. it, I can't really <laughs> say
0: what will happen, but. Okay, okay. So it's all you. <laughs> I usually don't do this. I don't do this, but. Because our our good friend isn't here today, I'm going to give (laughs) us a prediction. So I think that we're going to find out that Azriel was kidnapped, but not by Miss Coulter. I think it's going to be revealed that she is not really a part of it, and she's trying really hard to pull the strings. And I think she's going to lose her cool. We're going to see her break down. And you know why? Because in a previous episode, we watched her break down and just tear apart her bed, but they closed the door. And now I think the door is going to be open. We're going to get a peek at her freaking out and not getting her way. Because did you notice how she had to submit to the king? And as soon as, as, soon as the king said, you're not a queen, she went, I roll. And I went, oh, did yeah. we catch you in something right there? That was fantastic. So I think we're going to catch her in a moment of weakness and dishonesty. I
1: I mean this is this could be coming from the previews too but my only prediction that I think I can say without ruining anything um I feel like a mental breakdown from Coulter is imminent. Yes. <laughs> That's all I'm going to predict. I was right, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> ah! <laughs> so, I'm um, Did you have anything else you wanted to say before we wrapped up for this week?
0: Nope. Like I said, I don't usually give predictions. I was my only one. I'm ready for the breakdown. Let's see what that looks like. Cool. All right. Well, Hallie, where can everybody find you? All right, everyone. My name is Hallie Johnson, and you can find me at Pure Hallie, P U R E H A L L E. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all the entities. And I'm Rachel Goodman. You can find
1: me on Twitter at Rachel Goodman or on Instagram on my author uh, Instagram account at Rachel. Radner author. We will see you guys. Um, we're not going to be here next week because of the Thanksgiving break, but we will be back in two weeks. All right. Have a great two weeks. We will be back.